Okay, here we are, Matthew. Uh, it is uh, a beautiful October day, and we are uh, back for another podcast. This one we are looking at um, Scripture, because we've just started a new series on Scripture, and uh, so we're going to talk about that. But first, we should do we should do the uh, the preliminary, um, what do you call it? Uh, social niceties. So, yes, <laughs> social niceties, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we and we were just talking about uh, a magnificent lunch that we had. An amazing lunch. Amazing lunch. Yesterday, was it yesterday? Two, yeah. Yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about it, Matthew? Okay, it is an incredible place. It's called Leaf and Stem. Yes. Owned by the Eisermans. Yes, and, our very uh, own Eisermans. Yes. Yeah. And we would suggest everyone go eat their food. The yeah. restaurant industry has been hit pretty hard. Totally, totally. But um, honestly, it's delicious. It it's, was so good. It's like a vegetarian. So it's funny because I feel like my meat eater friends would right away be like, ah, uh, vegetarian. But I'm I'm a meat I like meat as well. I but, love meat. Oh, it is so good, vegetarian, and it's like it's fantastic. Steve's amazing. They're, yeah, they're they're both amazing, and it's like yeah, it's so good. And I it's had the picante pizza, picante pizza. Yes, yeah, I had the avocado toast and the tomato toast and a bowl of soup <laughs> and? and a pina colada smoothie, non-alcoholic for those of you that are concerned. It was only like <laughs> it was only twelve o'clock, so you know. Uh, oh, so good though, eh? It so was good. delicious. Yeah. You should honestly. definitely check it out. It sounds like they're like our sponsor or something. <laughs> yeah, sponsored exactly. By. <laughs> sponsored by Leaf and Stem. Um, hey, Matthew, what uh, what are you reading these days? Yeah, I'm reading uh, The Goldfinch. Um, yes. The great, novel The Goldfinch. Great book. I read that too. I loved it. Okay. Like I literally know nothing about it and okay. I'm on chapter three. Yeah. And I like it so far. Yeah. Um, I like it too. Tough. It's a bit gritty. It's like, you know, it's oh, not like, it? It, yeah, a little bit. It's not, but not, not anything brutal, but it's like, uh, it's a, I love the book. It's Donna Tart. She's, I think it's a Pulitzer winning book, right? Yeah. It won yeah, the yeah. Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. Very cool. So just for anyone listening, if it's like a really not good book, I do not. I'm so sorry. I do not, <laughs> I do not endorse it. I'm only on chapter three. <laughs> no, it is really, it's not, I, I shouldn't have even bothered saying that. It's, it's a good book. It's, okay. It's a good book and yeah, it's, it seems Anyways, whatever. I loved it. Yeah. And what are you reading, watching? Uh, you know what? Actually, so Netflix, we, Sherry and I just finished this new series, and many of you, I bet you have watched this. It's called, um, it's called Away. Have you heard of it? Sail away, sail <laughs> so away, close. Sail so close. Away. Yeah. Enya. I used to love it. <laughs> Remember Enya. that song? Yeah, yeah. I used to love Enya. Uh, no, Away is, it's, uh, it has Hilary Swank, who's okay. awesome. And uh, I forget the guy's name. He's really, he's a really good actor too, her husband. But it's all about um, this mission to Mars. And it's like, it's kind oh. of set probably in the future, although I don't even think they make it really clear that it's in the future, but it has to be because we're going to Mars. And, uh, hey, Corey. Yeah. Have we ever been to Mars before? <laughs> that's right. A couple times. No? Well, no. Oh, okay. So no. it's the future. It's a, <laughs> that's right. it's a, uh, Matthew. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. We, no, we have not been to Mars. This is in the future. But what I mean is that there's no like, you know, there's no like weird kind of droid cars or something that are like, you know, like where you're like <laughs> droid cars. Anyways, uh, it's really good. Um, it's, it's just, but it feels realistic. It's actually, you're watching, you're like, yeah, I could kind of see this would maybe be what it's like. So it doesn't feel like hmm. a sci-fi thing. We were kind of like, ah, is this going to be sci-fi? It's really, really great, great characters. Um, it feels kind of like, you, you know, it's, I, I always like, I like stories where it feels like you have honest characters where you're like, yeah, yeah that makes sense to me. I could see Layered myself. Layered or complicated yes. characters. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. Anyways, I recommend it. That's awesome. Yeah. Away. Away. Yeah. Okay. Very good on Netflix. Maybe you should um, edit out my Enya thing a little bit later. Why? Is Enya bad? No. What's, why would I edit it out? 
I don't know. I probably being, wasn't on pitch. Because you're being me. <laughs> We're keeping all this in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, we should talk. So, Matthew, yeah, you just preached your first sermon on Sunday, all about yeah. scripture and delighting in the word of God. So why don't we jump yeah. in? Yeah, so we're starting eight weeks um, on scripture, and uh, and I, I'm i excited about the series. Um, this next week, uh, Jeff is going to preach on the unified story of scripture, just how all of scripture um, is one story climaxing mm. in Jesus. Yeah. And I'm excited about that. We're going to have a week on like scripture memory. We're going to have a week on how to read the Bible, uh, you know, understanding genre. Hmm. Uh, a week just about rhythm and practices of reading the Bible, like life journaling. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, I'm excited about the series. It's great. And, cool. and one of the things that like, just the thing about this after Sunday podcast is to be able to say a bit more and to get at some things that I, I wasn't able to really get at in the, in the sermon. Mm-hmm. And so today I, I really wanted to wrestle with authority and truth. Yeah. And yeah, if I had more time, I would just think I, I would love, I, I wanted to spend a bit more time in the sermon on authority and truth. And, uh, you know, when, when, when I use that Psalm 19 passage of the decrees of the Lord are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb, that was kind of a big image in the sermon of using this idea of honey and honeycomb. And, and um, it, you know, when I, when I asked the question, like, does this image of honey describe your love for the Bible? Hmm. You know, I was thinking, well, the obvious answer I feel like for many of us is no, like we're not, we don't love God's word. And I know that's not true for all people. I know that, that, that for a good group of people, um, uh, in our church family, like they love the word, Mm -hmm. right? They love the word. And I would say they would probably describe it as honey from a honeycomb, but, but for a, a, good group of us, you know, we struggle to love reading the scriptures, right? Like we're, we're going to way quicker on our phone, go to Facebook and scroll through it or Instagram or whatever, Mm -hmm. and, or go check our favorite news site rather than to sit down in a quiet way and read God's word. And I was kind of trying to think, okay, why is that? But, but I think one of the things that has happened with, with the world we're living in is that I, I, I do think we're living in a post-truth world Hmm. and we're questioning the relevance of scripture. Like, is scripture really relevant? Hmm. Um, Especially at a time where it feels like there's fake news everywhere. Um, The right blames the left with fake news. The left is blaming the right with fake news. And so some have described the age we're living in as post-truth. Right. So the the way things are quote unquote has really turned into the way I see them quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you see the world one way I see the world another way. And there's this idea of social construction so that there is no ultimate truth, but there are individuals and societies that have formed their own truths uh, to make sense of the world. And so what I think young people, or I think my peers growing up, what we've started to believe is to go, okay, the Bible doesn't really have much relevance because it's just this book that has led to social cons- the social construction of our Western society. <laughs> mm-hmm. But really, you know, maybe it's not all that true anymore. Can I really trust it? You know, that we come with questions about slavery or like the treatment of women and, and the violence in the old Testament. And then we go, I don't know. I, 
is this really the truth that's going to guide my life? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just one of many truths. You know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just something that like previous generations have believed it helped them uh, come up with good ways to be moral and just, and, mm-hmm. but not anymore. And I just feel like people are slowly walking away from the truth of scripture, walking away from uh, the authority of scripture because truth and authority, it's like, I don't think we trust it anymore. And so I guess what I wanted to mine at in this podcast is just getting a little bit deeper into the why is it that we're not drawn to scripture? Hmm. Is it that we're just distracted, right? Is it that, you know, our news site or Facebook or Netflix or Disney Plus is just more appealing? Well, maybe, maybe there's part of that. But what I wanted to do here on the podcast is just go, okay, no, actually, I think, I think there's something deeper going on. Do we really trust scripture? Uh, are we now in kind of a relative place where like what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. Hmm. There's no longer any kind of authority over our lives or truth over our, our lives that, that, that guides us. And so anyway, that's kind of the hope here is that we would just tackle that a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. It feels like it, it actually feels like a big, I know we had, as we were just talking a little bit about this, we're thinking, oh, it's a, it's in some way, it, it may be a shorter podcast. We'll find out. Um, but like, <laughs> but there's part of me, even as you're speaking, I'm like, man, it, it feels like it's, it feels like a big, a big thing. Right. Because it, it like, like I know for me, it's funny. I talking to my daughter, Ruby, and I won't, I won't uh, throw her under the bus or anything here, but like she, or her friends, but I know for her, she's, she's encountered, like she's at Trinity this year and, and she's having these conversations with people that have grown up in very, very different Christian homes than mm-hmm. she has, right? And she's grown up in, in our home. And, and and so she's having these conversations where she's like, oh my goodness, like you you see things like so much differently than I do. And like significantly different. And not the core things. It's not as though it's we're not talking about, you know, whether Jesus was the Son of God or not, but 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 whether it's, you know, old earth and young earth creation, all those things that kind of the bigger topics, right? And things that you've talked about, violence in the Old Testament and women in leadership, all those yeah. things. And she's like, what on earth? Because I think she hasn't Maybe she just hasn't encountered that as much, you know, in our community here. But it, it is a. I think that's what makes this hard is that, you know, in a an information age like we live in, man, it's true. I remember a guy that I really like, and, and you've listened to a lot too. I think Brian's on. Is you know he talks about how he's like, hey, I can prove. You give me a topic, and I can prove anything, anything you want with scripture. I can. I can. I can grab a bunch of verses. I can support one way or another. Whether it's, whether it's capital punishment or not capital punishment, whether it's pro-military or anti-military, whether it's, you know, whatever. Like, I can, almost anything I could prove to you by collecting a bunch of verses and doing it. And, of course, we see this in, you know, he's he's making a point using hyperbole a little bit, but, like, but we do see this, right? There's so many denominations. There's sure. so many different views on things. And so, it, so it's funny, as you say, you know, is this just, is it a relative thing? I think it must be somewhere, it's, you know, we don't, we don't want to throw out Scripture, uh, we don't just, on the other hand, we don't just want to say that it's all, that it's like one person here has the total authority. And, you know, I, I read a, an Instagram post today that I saw and it was, someone had said like, you know, describing himself and saying, I'm a truth, I'm a truth teller. As long as you can handle truth, no, you know, no problem. We can, we can hang out or something. It was something like that. And I, and right away, something in me is like, oh, really? You know, so it, it sure. <laughs> you know, you kind of yeah. like, so you're, oh, good. I'm glad to know that you're the authority on truth. So right, even it's funny because you're saying that I'm like, oh, I guess maybe I'm, maybe I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I, but you know what I mean? Like, there's something about well, that that all of us we feel like, oh, well, how do you know? Because there's so many different 
there's so many different versions of this. There's different personalities. There's different. Anyways, so I'm just kind of verbally processing here as you, yeah, no, as you say I, this stuff. Uh, and and that's fair. I feel like each of us. I think I don't know about older generations, but for sure in my generation, like growing up, like as a kid in the '90s, there was this anti-establishment thing, right? right? It right. was like you can't trust people in power. Hmm. Like they're not going to lead you the right way. And like, you know, the grunge music scene. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. That Pearl Jam, yeah. Nirvana. Yeah, 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 totally. And it was kind of like, no, you can't, you can't trust people in authority hmm. and you can't trust what they're saying to you. And I, and I, and I feel like I'm, I'm a product of that. Uh, that would also rub me the wrong way to have a guy saying, if you can handle truth, then you can be my friend. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, okay, wow. That's, that's, that's hard to deal with, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And, and, um, so and yet, <laughs> and yet Jesus shows up and I'm going to say this a few times here, just reminding us, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Mm-hmm. And no one comes to the father except through me. Like he's, he gives a very exclusive claim to mm. being truth. And the reason that the scriptures are authoritative is because they speak to him and the authority of Jesus. Like Jesus is our authority. Um, and, and so I just, I I, I want that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to be like this anti-establishment, anti-authority post-truth guy. Like I really want the authority of Jesus to shape me. Mm. Um, because I think authority can be a good thing. It just, who has it? Right, right, <laughs> right. right yeah. Who's totally. got the power? You know, is it the is it the one who bled and died for me on the cross? If he's got the power, if he's got the truth, then then I want to be shaped by that, mm-hmm. and I want to be changed by him. And so, yeah, I I think part of this conversation you are you and I are having is like it's like I want to get rid of whatever that I don't know whatever that anti authority thing I have is yeah, in me yeah. in the right way. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I think it's good to be skeptical, right? Like right. we should be skeptical about people who claim to have the truth and the corner on truth. And maybe yeah. they don't. Right. Right. You yeah. should have a skeptical part of you. Um, so I, I do think though, it is interesting that we are literally swimming in this, um, you know, what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me mm-hmm. world. And I just, N.T. Wright says this, this is to quote from his book, Scripture and the Authority of God. <clears throat> he writes, this cultural move, which would have been incomprehensible to many people until quite recently, now appears so obvious to people in our world that paradoxically, it has itself become one of the absolute and unquestionable truths of our day. And he's saying the unquestionable truth of our day, N.T. Wright is saying, is that your truth is your truth and hmm. my truth is my truth. Right, right, he says, right. Yeah. In previous generations, that would have been absurd if right. you would have said that, right? Yeah. But that now that statement is, you know, whatever's true for you is good for you. Yeah, yeah. And whatever's true for me is good for me. He's like, that now has become an absolute and an unquestionable truth of mm. our day. Right. I Which find is that like, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost like quicksand in a way because you're like, well, well, then what is truth? And you're like, well, it's whatever you think it is, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, totally. The challenge, though, can I just be classic Corey? Yes. The challenge is that there, so there, there is some truth to that idea. That's the thing. Like, like I would argue at least, right? I would say, you know, the, the classic example of like, you know, so for, for one man, you know, an example, for one man to walk into a bar 
could be an act of worship. For another man to walk into a bar could be a, a deliberate and intentional sin, right? Like there's there's something about the way that we're all wired. We're wired differently. There's, you have, again, I've, I've, I remember talking with someone and describing this thing that I was just sure this is how it works and it totally makes sense to me because I'm like, so I think we're all da-da-da, you know, and, and I remember this person being like, that is so not my experience at all. Like it actually isn't and and went on to describe um, his experience and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I, yeah, you're being legit. Like you're being totally honest about this. That really isn't your experience. And that's so weird because I was sure this was like a universal thing. I think that's the challenge in all of it is that there's something, there is something about the way that we're all wired, the way we're made, our experiences and our stories, like where it there is at least maybe it's small t truth, you know, it can fluctuate for people. And and I guess I know we're talking about maybe different kinds of truth, but do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. So like So the only example you've used is one of a bar. Which yeah. <laughs> I apologize to our listeners. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean not not like an alcoholic bar. I'm talking about like you know like a like a like a cheese bar. A lawyer bar. <laughs> That's right. A cheese lawyer bar. bar. Okay. Uh, cheese bar. Is there a cheese bar? Do you know what I mean though? Like what I mean is like, um, I'm trying to describe like, so. Yeah. What's a good example? Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm on the spot. I'm thinking like maybe, maybe so for instance, authority for someone to say, um, uh, like you, you can't just say, so even when we're, when we're talking about authority here and you're saying, you know, we, we need to have an authority. And so do we say to ourselves, okay, well then, so the ultimate authority is is Jesus. I think we could all agree on that. I think there's yes. not a person listening to this if if he or she would call themselves a Christian that wouldn't agree with that. The problem is it, it becomes murky after that, right? Because depending on whether you're listening to Pastor Matthew or Pastor John MacArthur or Pastor Blank, whoever it is, like you, you may actually get quite a different picture yes. of what God is like based on the teachings of Jesus, let's say, you know, or based sure. on that particular path. So, so that's maybe what I'm trying to get at is, sorry, and I, maybe I'm kind of, I'm, I'm maybe jumping around a little bit here, but but that's what makes it challenging, I think, is mm-hmm. that when you have, it's like, okay, so Jesus has the authority and the truth, but but I'm hearing all sorts of different versions of that same, let's say that same passage that's talking about truth. Um, and I was, I, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I know I was talking also about people's experiences and the way we're wired, where it's like our experience of something can be very, very different than someone else's experience of that same thing. Mm-hmm. And both are true experiences. Both are, there is truth in both of those experiences, even though they're polar opposites. Right. Like Sherry and okay. I go to a party. Yeah. I'm having a great time, loving it. For her, it was horrible. And we walk away. I'm like, that was fun. And she's like, no, that was horrible. I'm like, what? Right. You know, right. I, I know I, that's sort of a low, low hanging fruit example. But yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does make sense. Maybe with lower T truths, uh, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me when it comes to things like, um, like, let's say the elephant image. And I want to use this image. Uh, mm-hmm. We were talk- chatting about this a little bit beforehand, but there is this image that 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 people use when they talk about all religions being the same. Right, right. All religions maybe just showing a different aspect of God. And I had a really fascinating conversation the other day with this great guy who who we were chatting about about this kind of thing. And 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 there's this image that's used um, where it's kind of like a parable, right? So there's there's like three people and they're blindfolded or something mm-hmm. and they they're touching a different part of an elephant and mm-hmm. one person touches the tail and says oh the elephant is like hairy <laughs> right and someone else touches the skin of the elephant and says oh the elephant is has really dry skin mm-hmm. and somebody else touches maybe a tusk right of the elephant and goes oh the elephant 
is like really hard and mm-hmm. like, you know, feels like marble or something smooth, like marble or something. And, and they, so they say, that's what an elephant feels like. And the idea is that this parable is showing that different religions in the world, uh, describe God differently. Right. But if only they had eyes to see God is like the elephant, right? It's all the same. It, it, it's, all, it's the same God. You're right, just right. describing different aspects of God or experiences of God. And, and I think like the, the problem that most uh, people who study apologetics would use with that is saying, well, the narrator of the story now assumes that he sees the whole elephant. Right. To be able to tell those three people, mm. hey, you're only touching part of the elephant, but you don't see the whole elephant. Mm. I, as the narrator of the story, see the whole elephant. And that there's a pride there. It's saying you're omniscient, like you see all things. Right. And that's not true. Like none of us actually, let's say, have that vantage point to be able to say, well, I see the whole elephant and your, your faith, you know, is only seeing part of it. Right, does that make right. sense? Yes. Yep. No, it does. That's right. And so, and so it just, it, it comes across as arrogant or prideful for somebody to make that claim that they see everything and mm-hmm. that we Christians alongside Muslims, alongside Hindus, alongside Buddhists or whatever, we're all just kind of describing part of an aspect of God. Um, and it's just kind of like, well, how would you ever know that? How would right. you claim that? And I guess what I, I guess what I want to say is that the new Testament in Jesus, Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus makes an audacious claim that mm. he is, I said, I am John 14, six, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no man comes to the father except through me. That doesn't sound mm. like we're touching. Which is this. why he, why he want people wanted to kill him. Sure. Right. Yeah. Totally. That, that arrogance or that sort of lofty. Like, who, it's who exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And people look at Jesus and go, Oh, that's like a nice teacher. Mm. But like, like Lewis, C.S. Lewis, right? Like he's the one who's, who made that claim. Like anyone who said the things that Jesus did would be like a lunatic or, a, a, you know, so a madman or uh, deluded. Yeah. Or he is who he says he is, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he doesn't leave us very many options there. Totally. Um, so I guess, but I feel like that kind of world, is. this is my main point here today. Yeah. That kind of world doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. Because if you just say your your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, um, I think of the song by Travis, that Scottish band yeah, yeah, um, right. from, from, you know, the early two thousands, but they have a song called side mm. and I love the song, but the message is just, is, is this elephant image here. Uh, it, the, some of their lyrics are, there is no wrong. There is no right. The circle only has one side, mm. right? So right, right, we're right, all yeah. on the same side here. Mm. There's no wrong. There's no right. The universe just has one side to it, and we all just have different perspectives. Would you agree that this is the world we're in, or... Or no. Totally. Yeah. No, I think it is. I think we've become, I think you're right. It's, it's funny. It just feels like a pendulum swing in a way, right? Because I think right. we, because again, there, there probably is, there's some, as you pointed out, there is some, there's a healthy cynicism that we can have, right? Or skepticism when it comes to authority, right? Especially when we, we see in history, we see all sorts of terrible examples of unhealthy and, and dangerous authority, right? And, 
and you still see it today, whether it's like, you know, with cults or you see, you know, like with just whatever kind of leadership that is not good and people are following blindly and they're going for it. So I think, and in particular in a, in a world like today where we, we have internet, we have quick access to everything, whether it's Fox News or CNN or BBC or whatever, you know, so it's like there is this skepticism, but I think you're right that we've swung so far, or many of us have swung so far over to the other side where it's like, okay, so I guess... I guess it's just like, whatever, you know, like whatever, whatever you think, as long as it doesn't infringe on my, as long as your truth doesn't infringe on my truth, we're good. Right. Which of course, but that's, that's Sandy land that you're, you're, you're building a house on Sandy land. Cause it's like that it's impossible for that to be sustainable. Right. It's, it yeah. might work if you're, if your neighbors that don't really talk to each other very much, but when suddenly you feel the need to build your fence higher or you need to, you know, whatever, do something late at night that's loud and it's suddenly, well, now you're crashing into my truth. You know, whatever, like it's, yeah. it doesn't actually, it can't, it's not sustainable. That's right. But I think you're right. I think it's true. We do live in an age, uh, in, for the most part, where there is that. Where there is that kind spiritually. Of because you and I were chatting earlier that it's not true politically. Right. That Yes, so, right. So, that's true. So we, we feel this spiritually. So if you talk to your normal neighbor here yeah. in Canada, they would say, oh, well, that's good for you mm-hmm. that you believe in Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But not politically. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like, true. Like if you, if you named a party that you appreciate or if you named a candidate that you appreciate, like it, it's like people are going to like take off the gloves, right? Totally. Like it's yeah, like, yeah. well, that's how you see the world. And I think that's why once... Once religions or faith have become kind of whatever is good for you is good for you kind of mm-hmm. a thing, then I think politics is now the new religion. Like politics is now where we're like, well, this is where we actually make change in the world. Politics right. is where we actually see societies thrive and we got to get the right person in to make the right policies so that we can live in the utopia we're looking for. Right. Right. right, So I think, I think politics is the new religion and that's why people are so up in arms about it. Cause if we've done away with God and we've, we've done away with faith, Mm -hmm. right. We're post God world. We're a post faith world. Yeah. Definitely a post Christian world. Um, so now it's like, well, how do we achieve the utopia we're looking for politically Hmm. through social action, through mobilizing people to vote and to, vote in the utopia we're looking for. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. policies and it's almost like the tangible stuff because, and maybe that's part of it too, is that maybe Christianity has for many become, yeah, like a private thing. Yeah. Um, a, like only a mystical thing, like, a, which I think, I think the mystical side of Christianity can be a really wonderful thing and it's an important side of it, I would argue. But, but if that's all it is, it was just a private spiritual thing. There's nothing really concrete. It's like, well, that's great for you, but we actually have to get some stuff done here. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like there's not a lot of tangibles to, maybe that's the, that's a, that's an unhealthy part of Christianity where there's not a lot of tangible to it. It's just like, it makes me feel good. And so I'm happy about that. Uh, but in the meantime, I do have to, I got to do some actual work here. I got to get some stuff done. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Whereas I think we as followers of Jesus would say following Jesus is very political. Right. Right. It, it should actually transform how you view the world and it, it, it should inform how you vote and how you love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So something like loving your neighbor or praying for your enemy, loving your enemies and praying for them, praying yes. for those who persecute you. Yeah. Um, and the idea of, of, of 
caring for the poor, right? Yeah. For any of you who visited those in prison or cared for the needy or gave clothes or fed, you were feeding me. Like that, that has a social dynamic to it. Like, totally. you know, uh, Pastor Jeff spoke on the Good Samaritan. That, that should inform how you view your neighbor, yeah. right? Yeah. And should really change how you live your life. And so, yeah, it's it's like faith has become so privatized and pushed into the corner. But mm-hmm. in reality, if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then he has every authority to, all authority to transform me. Yes. And yeah. to actually make me a good neighbor that loves my neighbor, that is working for the good of the city, mm-hmm. right? And, right, yeah. And, and yeah, so maybe it's, yeah. That's maybe. got teeth. Yeah, exactly. It's like when there's actual, when it's a holistic, right? Holistic sort of approach to Christianity where it's like, no, this, so it's not, I'm not just, I'm not doing my Christianity on Sundays and then maybe my Bible reading on, you know, weekday mornings, Yeah. but then I have to go to work and I have to do the other stuff. It's like, no, that's <laughs> the totally. whole point is like, this is, yeah, this permeates your entire life. Everything you do is your faith, right? Everything you do is all about, uh, is it's not like Jesus just waits at home in the corner to meet with you and your Bible yeah. or at church on Sunday morning, right? He's, yeah, he's going with you to work. He's, he's with you in all things. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, I, I don't know how many people, uh, one of the images I wanted to bring up in the sermon was the movie, the book of Eli. Oh uh, yeah. Good one. It came out 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel Washington. 10 years. Hey, okay. Yeah. That is longer than that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, Denzel Washington. He's uh, so I'm not going to ruin the whole movie or spoil the whole movie if if you haven't seen it. But it has been ten years since it's been out. So yeah, yeah. so people have had every opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> if they want to see. Right. Um, but Denzel Washington plays a guy named Eli, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a man on a mission. Um, he's headed west across America. It's to... like future apocalyptic kind of like thing. Yeah, right? like, it's yeah, ca- yeah. it's called a post apocalyptic. Western or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, That's it's right. a unique, uh, unique film. But uh, so he's headed west across America and he's got this important book with him hmm. and he's protecting this book. And he keeps talking about bringing this book to this safe place hmm. out west. And uh, we find out during the film that kind of halfway through the film that it's, it's a Bible. Mm-hmm. that he's protecting. And it's the last remaining copy of the Bible that all their copies were intentionally destroyed following this nuclear war. Um, but anyway, Eli is going to take it to a safe place in San Francisco on the island of Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's a safe spot where, they, where, they, where they're going to keep the Bible. Um, weird moment in the film, he gets in a fight with cannibals. Anyway. That's right, it's a weird moment. And uh, he has to surrender the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at that point in the movie, so spoiler alert, this is towards the end of the, but I'm not telling you everything about the movie, but he's got to surrender the Bible. And at the end of the film, he ends up in Alcatraz and we're like, oh, he showed up without the book. Without the book. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the coolest moments is at the end, if you'll remember it, he begins to dictate the Bible mm-hmm. and uh, it's so cool. Like he's, he's put the Bible to memory. He's memorized the whole thing. Yeah. He, yeah. He's memorized the whole thing. And in the, in the final scene of the movie though. This is interesting. So up until that point, I feel like lots of Christians are like, oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And he literally put the Bible to memory. And and uh, it's funny because he's quoting the New King James Version, which mm-hmm. is like came out in 1979. So I'm not sure how it works with the movie because apparently it was like a post-World War II nuclear whatever. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, the, the like, but it's interesting at the very end of the movie, um, the Bible is put, this person 
writes down everything that Eli is saying, writes down the whole Bible, but then puts it in a safe place next to the Tanakh, the Old Testament, hmm. and the Quran. Hmm. And and so it's inter- it's a, it, I just found it such an interesting movie because it's like the whole movie is the preciousness of this Bible and just how important the Bible is. But then it just sits on a bookshelf with these other scriptures hmm. that are quote unquote, just good for humanity. Right. 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 They help shape the Western world. And there's that idea of a social construction again, right? Like this Bible was good for us. It helped us construct our society. Um, and now it sits on a shelf with the Quran and the Tanakh mm-hmm. like and a museum or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it reminded me of that quote I used on Sunday, the, the Gandhi one, right? And I want to read it again. Gandhi said, you Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all civilizations to pieces, turn the world upside down and bring peace to a battle torn planet. But you treat it as though it's nothing more than a piece of literature. Hmm. Yeah. And I guess to push back against the book of Eli yeah. and to agree with Gandhi, <laughs> yeah. I would say, listen to Jesus. He's saying, I am the way the truth and the life. And I want to read this full thing from John 14. No one comes to the father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And I just feel like the revealed Jesus, the word incarnate Mm. is truth. And it's, and what I don't want for our scripture series is just to feel like it's another book on a shelf. It's another book that help with the social construction of the West. Mm. Um, your truth is my truth. No, it's like Jesus doesn't allow that to us. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. I, well, I think it's good. I'm so happy that we're doing this series. I know even like, again, back to Ruby, I remember she was, we were talking a bit about this and she's like, she actually said to me today, she's like, I'm really glad that we're doing this series. Like, I'm glad because I'm I'm looking forward to, because she's like, isn't there like a lot of different she was talking about the literary genres and stuff. And we were, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like there's totally, and it's, and that should, as you're going to talk about, that's, that should impact how we read the scriptures and how yeah. we understand them and how we apply them probably. And, and so again, I'm not going to get ahead of you because I know we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably have a few more podcasts like this, hopefully and we can talk about these things, but, um, but it's good. I think it, it was, as I've wrestled with this personally, I thought, I told you this the other day, I think that one of the things that I, I think that it does when we start to understand um, more and more, all the different voices and the diversity of of the way God used all these different authors from different. You you talked about that on Sunday, right? The different different cultures, different times, kings and paupers, and like you know all these different like you know different experiences, and somehow using this to create this incredible you know this this incredible book, right? From uh, with in a unified story, as Jeff's going to talk about, like it it's so rich and deep yeah. and full of life, and it's. I think it's really cool. It's great that we're doing this series. And I think, I hope that, like you hope, that people will walk away from this, will, will all walk away from this deeper in love with, with Scripture, with God's, yes. God's Word to us. Totally. That's the hope. That's the hope. And, I, and I've told you this before. I don't want to be a Christian who makes up my own theology, who follows my own way. Like, mm. I don't. I really don't. And, I, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor. Like, I, I just really don't want to be that that person who like sits in his theological chemistry lab and just puts some stuff in some Bunsen burners and beakers and creates mm-hmm. his own new theology. Right. Like I don't want that. I want the, the words that Rich Mullins sings in his song Creed. He says, I believe what I believe. It's what makes me what I am. I did not make it. No, it's making me. Hmm. It's the very truth of God. 
and not the invention of any man. And I just want to be made by the truth. And here on this first podcast of our series, I just really want our prayer as a church to be like, Lord, shape me by your truth. I Mm. believe in your authority. I believe in your truth. And I, I know I live in a culture that's post-truth and anti-authority and has kind of moved on. Right. But I really want to come under your authority and, and you have all authority in Matthew 28, Jesus says all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Hmm. And I'm like, great, then do it. (laughs) Like do that in me. Like I, I just bring your authority into my life. And if it means correction, if it means rebuke, uh, if whatever that means, like I really want it, mm. I, I want that, and I want clarity in that. And uh, so, so friends, like I know we shared this on Sunday, just um, but uh, for any of you listening to this, Psalm eighty six eleven, like let's make this our our prayer. And if you can put it to memory, awesome. But mm-hmm. uh, just a reminder: the prayer is, "Show me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart, that I may fear your name." And um, I want us to come under the authority of Jesus in that way. Um, cool. Yeah. Can I end with, uh, with that to quote again, Pope Francis? Oh yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. It's just, I love this quote. Um, Pope Francis in his work, Evangelii Gaudium, uh, which means the joy of the gospel. He, he wrote this. He says, we do not blindly seek God or wait for him to speak to us first for God has already spoken and there is nothing further that we need to know, which has not been revealed to us. And I love this part. He says, let us receive the sublime treasure of the revealed word. And that's my hope for the next eight weeks, to receive the sublime treasure of the revealed word. Hmm, Cool. Yeah, I love that too. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's going to be a good series. I'm looking forward to it. And you know what they say? You only live twice. (laughs) Who says that? I I don't know. I just said it. (laughs) Okay. Does it make... Uh, how does that connect? Well, just that, you know, we're just talking, (laughs) like, it's like, you only got one, you only got two lives to live. (laughs) Oh, man. Maybe, yeah, I think we'll take that part out. uh, In my head, it was a connection, but maybe. maybe This is the trouble of recording a podcast in the afternoon. (laughs) We got afternoon brain. Does anyone have coffee? Yeah. (laughs) Debbie! (laughs) Joking. Uh, Debbie's our worship ministry's assistant. I'm totally kidding. That is not how things work around here. Okay. Yeah. We should stop. <laughs> You're going to have to end this right I'm now. I'm going to have to end it right now. Uh, okay. So that does it. That was good. <laughs> I'll do a better ending. Hang on. Okay. Well, this has been awesome as always, Matthew. <laughs> okay. Uh, see, I think we just keep this just in. So hit the red button. Hit the end red. it. We <laughs> love you, North Langley. Love you, North Langley. God bless you this week. <laughs>